Well, good morning and welcome to Community Bible Church. We're so glad to have you with us this morning as we get to celebrate Ordinate Sunday together. We're looking forward to that as it's been a very, very long time. We're going to start our service this morning with our first song, our first two songs. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons together. Thank you all for being here. Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons. Your praise unending. 
may be seated. Well, today's service is devoted to the observance of the Lord's table, that is, communion. And since that's not a weekly observance, I always take a little time to explain. I want to ensure that everyone understands what communion is, who should participate, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Communion is a ceremony. It's a, a rite that we observe in obedience to what Christ has commanded. It does not serve in any way to get you to heaven. We participate not in order to go to heaven because we are already going to heaven. We do not participate as a means to get there. And communion is a memorial. It's a symbol that reminds us of the work of Jesus Christ. So who should participate? Well, it's for those who have trusted Christ as Savior. Now, if you don't know what that means, then I'd love to explain it to you at a time of your convenience. So please see me afterward or contact me this week. We'll set a time to get together. In the meantime, we're delighted that you're here as our guest, and we encourage you to observe what it is we do today. For those who have trusted Christ as Savior, the Bible gives one other requirement, and that is that we confess sin before we partake of the Lord's table. Now, in just a bit, we're going to take time to go to the Lord, and that's an opportunity for us to confess our sin. It may be that we have some sin that we refuse to give up, or we have something that the Lord has told us in His Word to do that we're unwilling to obey. In either case, we should take this to the Lord, we should confess it, and He promises to forgive. Now, one matter that's too often overlooked as it relates to our worship on any Sunday, on any Lord's Day, including Ordinance Sunday, it's the matter of unresolved interpersonal conflict. Jesus said this, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled, then come and offer your gift. Jesus is saying that if there's an issue between us and a brother or a sister, we should take care of that before we participate in worship, including communion. Now, if you're aware of Jesus' instructions and you have a conflict that you're just refusing to handle, then I would encourage you not to participate and take care of that issue today. If you tried to reconcile, but the other party refuses, then you are released from biblical obligation. Perhaps Jesus' command is a new one to you, and if that's the case, take that matter to the Lord when we pray, ask for His wisdom, participate in communion, but address it with the individual this week, even this afternoon. It's that important to God. And by the way, that includes interpersonal conflict within families and even among spouses. Now, another matter about which the Lord has commanded us is the issue of baptism. The Bible is clear that those who know Christ as Savior are to follow Him in obedience in baptism, that is, being immersed in water to symbolize the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Now, if you're just struggling with what baptism is or you haven't had occasion to look into it, then if you have trusted Christ as Savior, we invite you to participate. But you need to make it a point to see me about baptism 
so that we can move forward with that at our next opportunity later this year. If you have looked into it, but you're just refusing, I don't want to get up in front of everybody, I don't want my hair to get wet, whatever. That's actually a sin that needs to be confessed, but you can do that this morning, then follow up by getting with me, and we can go from there. So, who should participate? It is those who know Christ as Savior and have confessed known sin in their lives. One final item before we go to the Lord in prayer. The elements today that we'll distribute later are packaged, prepackaged together. So each person has their own as opposed to reaching in to get the bread as it's passed. Now, as you'll see, when you get those, you'll have to peel the top of the package to get to the bread, and then under that, there's another one like a coffee creamer that you peel back for the cup. Now, hopefully, we can do that with no issues when that time comes, but I'm telling you about it because it is new for us. All right, we're going to pray now and perhaps take this opportunity to confess any known sin to the Lord. Let's bow. God the Father, we thank you for sending God the Son, Jesus, to die for our sin. Because of his offering of himself for us, we delight to offer ourselves to you in gratitude. We thank you for allowing us the privilege of being your children and being able to set aside this time to remember Christ's sacrifice for us. Lord, we readily confess that we are sinners in general and that we each struggle with certain sins in particular. We pray that you'll be pleased as we remember with profoundly thankful hearts the death of Jesus on our behalf and that we'll be motivated to recommit ourselves to the service of the one who alone is worthy. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I invite you, if you would like, to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay because I'm going to put the relevant verses from Psalm 118 on the screen as we get to them. The last time our congregation met as a whole on a normal Sunday was March 8th of last year. In the week that followed, we sent from the leadership team our very first COVID-related notice to the church family, and we said this, quote, depending on how it spreads over the next few weeks, the coronavirus has the potential to disrupt our regular routines, including church attendance and the protocols while we're together. <laughs> and disrupt it did. In fact, later that very week, the entire country shut down. And it's been the strangest year that most of us have ever experienced. But thanks be to the Lord, here we are. And I said in a note to our congregation this past week that we are going to have more singing in this service than normal, even than in a normal communion service, and that's for a couple of reasons. Over this last year, not only have we not all been together, even as we've partially met this past year, our singing has been muffled due to masking. So this morning, we're able to serve each other by doing as Scripture says. It says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. We're going to be standing for all of those songs. So if at any point, really, if you're unable to stand, please feel free to remain seated. The second reason we're going to be singing a lot today is because this is a means for us collectively to praise and thank God for delivering us 
and bringing us to this point. Between song sets, I'm going to be commenting on Psalm 118. It's a passage of Scripture that's set in a similar context to where we find ourselves today. And you see, that's because this psalm is the final of a group of six that goes back to Psalm 113, and collectively they're called the Hallel Psalms. That's from the Hebrew word meaning praise. So we get hallelujah, praise Yah, hallelujah, praise Yah or praise Yahweh, praise the Lord. And so this is the last of a group of six psalms of praise. And the occasion for the praise in this psalm, Psalm 118, is, as we're going to see, that God has delivered His people from oppression, from a trial. So the first verse sets the context for a summons to praise. Verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Now notice that phrase, His love endures forever, because it's repeated in the next three verses. Verse 2, let Israel say, His love endures forever. And then the next verse, let the house of Aaron say, His love endures forever. And then again in verse 4, let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. So even in the midst of the trial, they're celebrating the fact that God had not forgotten or forsaken His people because His love endures forever. And every person among them should say so. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. The house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. And that was done among the people of God, what is called antiphonally. That is, it was in response to the leader saying, let Israel say. And then let the house of Israel say, and let those who fear the Lord say. And the response each time would be, his love endures forever. And that's why you notice it's in quotes all three times, because it's what they're saying back. Israel, let the nation say it. The house of Aaron, let the priests say it. Those who fear the Lord, let all the worshipers say it. So, let's see if you can do it. Those who fear the Lord, all who have gathered here to worship Him, when I say, let those who fear the Lord say, let's respond together with, His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. And now let's stand together and sing to the Lord His praise. Yeah. 
Although I heard from some this past week who are still unable to be back, but they look forward to doing so very soon, by God's grace, we are mostly back together. With no one in our congregation having succumbed to the disease, though many did fall ill, some very seriously so. The occasion that prompted the writing of Psalm 118 was that God's chosen nation had been sieged plundered, and many of its people taken to a foreign land, to be separated from each other and from the place that God had given His people was a deep, deep distress for the people of God. And much of what you read in the prophets and some of the Psalms is about that distress. But other places in Scripture celebrate the return. After the eventual triumph of God over those who had taken His people captive, And this, Psalm 118, is one such place. In fact, this psalm was sung annually at the major feasts of the Jewish calendar, including the one instituted back when God brought Israel out of bondage in Egypt. You'll remember, led by Moses, and after 40 years in the wilderness, He brought them back to their home, the Promised Land. And to commemorate that, God said this, For seven days, all native-born Israelites are to live in temporary shelters, so your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, that observance is called the Feast of Tabernacles or of Tents because of these temporary shelters. About a thousand years later, God again delivered His people from captivity. 
This time to the Babylonians and the books of Ezra and Nehemiah are all about that. And one of the very first things they did on returning to the land was celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles because the Lord had done it again. Ezra says this, they celebrated the Festival of Tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. And this psalm, Psalm 118, is used during that festival to praise the Lord for His deliverance. And so verse 5 says, When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. He goes on to say, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. I am very thankful for the scientists that work to bring a solution to this virus in the form of a vaccine. I'm thankful for the frontline workers who kept essential services going, especially in the early days of this pandemic. But always behind the good efforts of people is the benevolent guiding hand of God. He produced this result. And He deserves the praise for it. And so this psalm sung at the celebration of the deliverance of God's people says in verse 14, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done, many mighty, has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. That last service that we had together before the lockdown on March 8th of last year that I mentioned earlier was, it happens, the observance of the Lord's table, which we have been unable to do since. But today we triumphantly do so again because the Lord is the one who has made it possible. And because we believe that now, let's stand again and sing praise to Him.
we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Therefore, the faithfulness of a Christian is that they can be trusted and depended on, to trust and depend on God and Christ until the end. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is your help and salvation. Come all you here, now to His temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. 
again, Psalm 118 says, as we saw in the last verse that we displayed on the screen before that song pair, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. We've been spared and we've been brought back together and we will thank the Lord for bringing us through this scourge of the virus. But our proclamation of what the Lord has done goes well beyond that. And it points to something, frankly, much more important than that. You see, Psalm 118 points to the need for a greater deliverance than physical danger, whether in captivity or in a pandemic. It points to spiritual deliverance in Jesus Christ. Now, I say that because this psalm, of all the 150 psalms, is the most quoted in the New Testament. It's quoted more than... Psalm 23, more than Psalm 2 that speaks of God's ultimate triumph over the nations. This one is quoted in the New Testament 13 times, including what is called Holy Week. This starts with Palm Sunday and ends with Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Do you remember that on the occasion of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday, He was at first hailed by the crowds as the promised Messiah, and that was done with the words of this psalm. They said, blessed is, the, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's from verse 26 of Psalm 118. And in the middle of that week, Jesus quoted Psalm 118 again to those who were conspiring to have him killed saying this, verse 22 of Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And Matthew says this, when the religious leaders heard Jesus' parables, they knew He was talking about them. And then it's used again, again in that most important week at the very end, at the Last Supper, the very first communion. Because remember, the Last Supper was done at the time of Passover. And just like Psalm 118 is cited annually at the Feast of Tabernacles, it's also sung every year at Passover. And the Bible says, He took a cup, and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, This is My blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives where Jesus would be betrayed. They sung a hymn, guess what? This one. Psalm 118, sung at the end of Holy Week at Passover, celebrating the sacrifice that would come, and in this case come the, the following day, in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in just a few moments, we are going to observe the Lord's table. But we have one more opportunity before we do to celebrate in song what it represents. So if you're able to stand one more time, let's do.
How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Sing together. Begin. 
You may be seated. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. 
One of our pastoral staff, Pastor Rich Carrico, will lead us in our prayer, thanking the Lord for his broken body on our behalf. Father, we are truly thankful for this time that, uh, as your church, we can remember and celebrate the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, the work that was done on our behalf. What makes it even more special is that we've not been able to observe the ordinance of your table for some time now, as Pastor mentioned. So we thank you again for this sacred time. Lord, we do remember the sacrificial death of your son and why it was necessary. From his betrayal, the scourging, the crown of thorns that, were, that was mockingly placed on his head, and the nails that pierced his hands and his feet. Father, we thank you for this sacrifice. We know that Jesus accepted all of this for your glory and to satisfy the wrath that is against us. Lord, we acknowledge our sinfulness and we confess it to you. Lord, we thank you that the work of Jesus covered our sins as we just sang. Lord, we're just we're thankful for that. We thank you for the gospel message and all that it represents. And I just pray that we might live it and proclaim it until you come again. Lord, we also thank you for the uh, supreme act of love and the great example that it is for us. Your word says that you loved us when we were still sinners. And Lord, we were your enemies, as we just sang. Lord, we're thankful. Help us love one another in this same way, that we'll be unified, that we'll not be prideful in the way that we view one another, we respond to one another, even in those times when we think we've been mistreated. But help us to live to be more conformed to Jesus. We thank you again for this great sacrifice and what you've done on our behalf, which demonstrates your faithfulness to this. And as we partake of this bread, we remember our Savior's body, which was broken for us. Amen. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. One of our leadership team, Brother Mark Hunter, is going to lead us in our prayer, thanking the Lord for his shed blood on our behalf. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with thankful hearts, thankful to be gathered with our brothers and sisters to worship you, Thankful for the work done in our hearts so that we're able to praise you. Thankful that your son took the penalty of our sin, allowing us to be clothed with his perfect righteousness so that we can have a relationship with you for all eternity. And now as we proclaim our Lord's death until he comes, we're mindful of the tremendous price that was paid for our salvation. We hold a symbol that represents our Savior's blood, reminding us of the terrible death he experienced. 
the perfect Lamb of God sacrificed once for all to do away with our sin. So as we celebrate being united with Christ and the benefits we have from this union, we thank you for the blessing of the new covenant and that you've written this covenant on our hearts. Please help us now live a life worthy of the calling we've received in Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Just a few more things in the remainder of our service, including a couple of final songs at the end. But I want to say, those of you who are a guest, any guests with us today, we're delighted that you could be with us. And we always try to make it as easy as possible for a guest to let us know how we can be of help to you. We have what's called a connection card. And if you were to text the keyword CBC Connect to the number 97,000, you will get a link back. You click on that link. You can give us a prayer request, ask us a question. It'll also take you to uh, an array of information about our various ministries. We also, during the week, do a couple of things to try to stay in contact with the congregation. One is Friday, every Friday evening, I write an article in a, in a blog, Church Matters blog. If you haven't had an opportunity to look at this week's, so I encourage you to do that. Saturday afternoon, we always release a new episode of our That's a Good Question podcast. So that's also available as of yesterday. Our home groups, our community groups, meet on the first and third Sundays of each month. This is the first of June, so our home groups do meet tonight, so making those that are involved in that aware. This coming Friday is the next meeting of our men's group, our men's fraternity group. And last, I just want to remind you about how you can give. Uh, you can give online, as many of you are doing. You can also give here with the boxes that we have set up. We have one set up uh, in our lobby by the Welcome Center, and we have another one outside so that you can bring your donation during the week. Psalm number 118 ends as you might uh, expect, a praise of psalm to in fact end. It says this, you are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Let's stand and praise the Lord in song one final time.
song and we've always done this one at the end of ordinance sunday together as a congregation just the voices it's called man of sorrows what a name or hallelujah what a savior so if we can sing these verses together man of sorrows vision of man of sorrows man of sorrows what a name for the son of god who Now in heaven, exalted. 
Let's go up a half step. When he comes, our glorious King, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew this song will sing, hallelujah, 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 what a Savior. The second to the last verse in the entire Bible says, Come, Lord Jesus. And in the meantime, the very last says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Thank you, CBC family and guests, for being with us. Have a great week serving.